Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Biz Bites, where we try and unpack some of the stories of some of the great businesses that are around. And uh, I'm really excited today. I have got uh, Brian and Prue joining me, and they are a uh, an interesting combination because uh, there's there's one business that's grown out of another. They're both heading those businesses and they're both going to try and get a few words in here uh, uh, together. So we're going to enjoy this conversation for a bit. So um, I guess let's start with you, Brian, and, and ask you to introduce the business initially and what you and what your part of the business focuses on. Okay. Well, this franchise simply is a business that was created about 11 or 12 years ago with the intention of making a cloud-based consulting business, which is something quite different. In the, uh, in the franchise consulting space. And in fact, still is today. I get interest from people overseas and so forth. And and, uh, and I suppose Prue and I had never worked together before that. We had our own careers. I've been in franchising for close to four decades, but Prue's background is town planning, environmental planning, and board level at quite fairly senior public corporations. So systems and processes are her natural fit. And if you're looking at franchising, the more we look into it, as the years progress and the, and the sector matures, the more evident it is that systems are absolutely critical. So it was really the fact that Prue initially was her idea, we put this business together, franchise simply, and then from that evolved the fact that a lot of people we speak to, they don't necessarily want to franchise their business, but they want their business to look like a franchise and run like a franchise. And I suppose that's an, in, an endorsement of any business. If someone says, is your business a franchise? People understand to be flattered because it gives the impression it's really we're really well systemized. So hence systems to grow. And uh, it wasn't by design, but actually the two businesses of Prue and I with our relative backgrounds and skills are actually an ideal fit for this particular combination because the two businesses intertwine as well. Um, you know, people who've got well systemized businesses often think they'd like to grow them and franchising is one way. And people who've got franchise businesses often realise they need to systemise them in more detail. Um, and other standalone businesses, whether they're startups or been around for 20 years, and we work with people across the board, some surprising people we work with who you would assume had very well documented businesses. In actual fact, often it's not the case. They fly not exactly by the seat of their pants, but probably uh, with less confidence <laughs> and less delegation than they should do. Well, before we uh, introduce uh, Prue and, and that part of the business, I just wanted to delve a little bit deeper. I mean, you talked about uh, being in, in that kind of area for four decades. Um, tell me a little bit about what's motivated you to get into franchising in the in the first place. What's the what's the backstory to that one? I got into it by accident. Uh, 40 years ago, there was a huge banking bank disruption here. Interest rates, as you probably may have heard, were... Uh, you know, 18% for a domestic mortgage. I was had, I was a building contractor. I had a development business and I had some development sites and I was paying 23% interest and my funder uh, rolled over and closed the doors. And uh, so I had to, the building industry, really, I was in Perth at that stage. It was, it, it just wasn't, you couldn't survive. It was, it was madness. And, um, and so I looked around at different businesses. I had a business broker, Jim Goodwin, over in Perth. And I said, Jim, you know, find a business for me. We looked at lots. And I said, I don't want to franchise, Jim. I know how to run a business. You know, I can do that reasonably well. Why should I pay someone else 5 7 10%? <laughs> and after looking at lots, he gave me this sheet of paper with the name whited out. He said, what do you think? I said, yeah, this is interesting. 
and he drove me up to a bedshed store in Claremont in Perth and that was my entry to franchising and uh, I loved it. It's just, it just, I suppose, being, being a bit systematic from a background, being a quantity surveyor and a builder where there are processes which are critical, you know. It's just uh, something I've got a passion for. I've been very involved with the respective sort of franchise associations and so on and uh, working, helping people franchise ever since, yeah. And have some of our own franchise businesses as well. Mm. Fantastic. Well, well, I, I, um, again, somewhere along the way, you've you've run into Prue, who's uh, now uh, um, been with you obviously for a long time, but uh, particularly now the the other business that's grown out of it. So, so Prue, um, well, welcome, but also uh, tell me a little bit about you know you've you know Brian touched on it how you've gone transitioned into into this business that's sort of grown out of it, and tell me a little bit more about your side of the business. Um, okay, so um, when I left um, government, I ran my own businesses for a while, which were great. Um, and then um, we retired. We went up to um, the mid-north mid coast and retired, and that really didn't last very long. We decided that we, <laughs> we were very bored. <laughs> so that's when I helped um, Brian to set up Franchise Simply because I set the systems up for it. Um, taking everything out of his brain and, and putting it all together. And we started working together, which was um, an interesting journey. It was the first. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that was fun. Um, and the experience that I had working with Brian, um, it really hit me that businesses that came to us um, went through the first part of our processes where we helped them reorganize and focus and we helped them um, set up their franchise system their franchise operations manuals if you like and following that it was really evident that some people really didn't, didn't want to move on from there because um, they got immediate return just from that first step um, grew asset value in the business um, suddenly their turnover and profit was um, enough for them. They didn't want to move on and, and take on the complexity of franchising and business growth beyond that point. Um, and it made me realize that uh, it doesn't matter what kind of business you are running. Um, if you want to grow it, you actually have to go through exactly the same process. You have to focus and simplify the business nine times out of 10. Um, and you have to clarify your departments and what everybody does. Um, and then you can't delegate unless you have very clear instructions on why something has to be done, um, what has to be done and how it has to be done. And that's the operations manual side of it. Um, so uh, it, from there, systems to grow came out of it i realized that it was there was room for a separate business working with people who didn't necessarily want to grow through franchising but they wanted to grow their business one way or another and it really doesn't matter which mm -hmm. model you choose the process is the same <laughs> it's it's interesting isn't it and and um because it's it's sort of uh, it's it a lot of people go down the path then of specifically looking at coaches and there's nothing wrong with coaches they they have a, a very definite role um, but this is more 
structural, isn't it, in terms of the approach yes. that you take? Yes, yes, yes. It's it's very focused. Um, so um, we do it in three parts. The first part is um, we sit down with people and we go through their business in some detail, and that's where we pull it apart and um, make them seriously look at um, their ideal client and where the money's coming from and um, what they really need to be focusing on um, for growth in the future. Um, it doesn't take very long, but uh, that's the first step. Then we take them through um, building their operations manuals one way or another. That's a, a, a task that never finishes, but yeah, it's, it's a good one. And we make sure that they build their operations manuals in a way that's easy for their staff to use. It's not a paper manual that gets left on a, on a bookshelf getting dusty. But the third step is the bit that's really important, and that's um, the business owner then has to take a leadership position. They have to tie their training into the operations manuals, use them um, properly. Training doesn't repeat everything that's in the operations manuals. It uses that information. And um, then um, they have to make sure that, you know, uh, they make sure that people are using the ops on, on the job and they, they make sure that they're used for performance management um and they have they must have um i like any franchise group any business that's beginning to grow they must have uh, a section that's focused on support that's looking after the people who are deli delivering the product the front line is is the be all and end all of business it's where the money comes in um and it's the front line that has to be looked after um, so that leadership position, which um, supports people and looks after them, but also is firm and holds the line, you know, well, this is the way we do things here. And these are your operations manuals and you need to follow them. Um, that balance needs to be taken. It's, it's a, a growth step that some business owners find difficult. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting one, that balance between what are systems yes. and people. Yes. And, and really, uh, you know, it, it, in this day and age, there's a, there, there is a tendency, particularly with things like AI increasingly coming into it, that people automatically think systems are just uh, automated processes that need to happen. And, and the reality is, is they're not that at all, are they? They're, they're, a, they're more of a guide and, and people need to work around them and you need to, indeed, they need to accommodate the, the variations that we all have as individuals. Absolutely. And, and um, we do really focus on the fact that uh, it's people who are going to drive the business for them. So the organisation structure that we put up, that, that they put up with us um, is based all around supporting and looking after that frontline group. Um, and the operations manuals are, are written in a way which is supporting that frontline group who are dealing with the customers face to face. And the leadership is there, the balance between um, supporting and um, making sure that things are done properly, all around the frontline group. It's, it's the people on the frontline, they're really important, they drive your business. Drive the money. 
Absolutely. I mean, and, and speaking of people, I wanted to, I, I wanted to actually hear from both of you because this is a, um, as you pointed out, there are different entry points that people have in coming to deal with you, and I, I'm interested in what people recognise as being their pain point that drives them to wanting to look for someone like you, because I imagine that's what's happening, isn't it? People are looking for you um you know and for a support that you yours is quite unique so so perhaps um brian from a franchise point of view what's what's the pain point that makes people drive and seek out someone like you very often it's the fact that they find it difficult to find to source and retain good staff that have the same commitment to the business as they have and whilst there's always going to be a limit the reality is that that's that's a challenge and particularly in the last you know, few years where there's been lots of attractive offers out there to any good employee will probably get headhunted. And if you don't look after them, they'll certainly find something else. So, but it's the, it's, I suppose people say, what people typically say is you can't rely on people these days. You know, if there's still work done at half past five, tough. You know, they hang up the phone, walk out the door and they've gone for the night. Uh, and they look for someone that perhaps the typical term it hasn't changed for decades they want someone with skin in the game because the difference that a, that a, a, a personal interest, vested interest has, um, even, even subconsciously, is significant. And that's really what they're looking for in most cases, yeah. And they recognise that franchising is nothing. All it is is duplicating the same thing as you've got today, but even simplifying it to make it as easy as possible to be able to expand that business. And that's that's the main driver for people. Um, you know, people love their businesses, you know, they're the babies and people who've got a passion and and the right skill sets and have taken the right advice and have got the right team around them will often say, this business deserves to grow bigger. I'm mm. doing very well, you know, kids are going through uni, got a nice house, got a nice car, we have holidays, but this business deserves more. And it's the same as giving opportunities for your children when they're being educated. They say, this business could be national. This business could be international, you know? And whilst only a few filter up to the top, we do get people who go through those steps and that's what motivates them, you know? Yeah, I love that 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 phrase that, you know, the business deserves more. And I suppose in many senses, Prue, that's probably similar for, for people coming to you, isn't it? Absolutely. It's um, they're looking for smoother training and performance management processes. Um, and what they really want to do is to be able to leverage themselves out of the day to day. They want people to be able to do the job without having to manage them, manage the detail. Um, and they want time for themselves. Um, they want time to spend on the business and they want time for family and holidays and all of those other things that go with it. Um, and I guess people heading towards uh, wanting to sell it, they're looking for an e exit strategy. So they're looking for an asset that they're proud of and one that they can sell because as soon as it's systemized and you have operations manuals there, um, you can sell it for so much more. Suddenly it has a fact, could because you have a bigger market of people to come in um, and purchase it. Uh, and Brian has a good little story there. Um, and I guess the bottom line is they get to live the life they want. 
it's uh, really important. But I, I let absolutely Brian go, Brian. She's giving you a good lead in here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one, one one example, and there are many, but one that comes to mind very easily was a small business, quite typical, called Superlube. It was in Coffs Harbour, and uh, Doug McDougall was the owner of the business and the founder. He'd been there for about ten years. He was North American and bought the concept of a literally instant service. So you'd walk in, get a muffin and a coffee, your car would be serviced. And you could you could eat off the floor. It was classical like that. Every pair of pliers and screwdrivers had a painted outline of where they went. And we, we, we prepared Doug's business for franchising, documented it. And uh, his office was upstairs, elevated. He could see what was happening. And unfortunately, he was diagnosed with what wasn't a terminal illness, but one that meant he had to take life easier and just couldn't handle the pressure of business. And he sold. And um, the business broker that sold it for him said he got 50% more because the business was what he called franchise ready. In other words, it was documented, systemized. And he sold his car business, car service business, to an accountant now who, who liked motor vehicles. But normally he said this would have been sold to a car mechanic and they haven't got the money to spend or invest in a business of higher value. And that to me is a classic example. Um, so it's one of many. I've had other clients who've ended up being bought out by a public company because they, they looked enviously at the way they were outsmarting them with their, their, their systems, you know. Uh, what are the systems that you put in place to grow your own? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've incrementally put systems in place and I have to thank Prue for that. She's disciplined and well-organised in that respect. And uh, look, we spent, we invested a lot in consulting with experts in a whole range of things, whether it was learning how to speak from stage, which we were doing in the early days with Mal Emery and these sorts of people at business conferences, those types of things, and then doing presentations at expos and running weekend workshops. So this all meant consulting with different people who are experts in their field. And I think, I think we would not have grown the business with the profile it has, um, without having made those investments, because otherwise you're you're in the dark, you know, you, you, you're really shooting without taking aim. So I think that was a, a big element of what we've done. And, and through that, we build up contacts with some amazing people and uh, people we still work, still consult with or work with today after, you know, 10, 12 years previously, having met them then. So uh, it's building that network. And I suppose getting out and networking a lot in the early days, I think associated with that um, was um, automation. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were early adopters of digital systems, um, CRMs, and um, being, otherwise you can't manage the flow of people coming through the sales funnel. Um, but also um, processes to manage our staff to make sure that the um, what they're doing um, is correct and very simple processes just simple um, simple things like Trello uh, um, help us along we don't like complexity uh, we get lost in complexity we like things to be simple for our staff and simple for us um, so yes uh, yes it was it was just making sure that uh, the processes were there and that we were following a very structured um, sales funnel and um, onboarding and delivery funnel and I suppose the point we'd like, I, I think, need to make to people is that it's not as complicated and difficult as people in, anticipate to document and systemize their business. Um, people are intimidated by it because they don't know where to start. 
And there's lots of ad hoc systems out there, but they don't really represent a true reflection of how the business operates. So it's, and it's, whilst it's not easy necessarily, it's simple if you follow a good process. And I suppose that's our principle with, with the businesses we've had and had previously as well. You know, you've got to have, you've got to have those systems in place. So one thing automatically follows another. And if you, such as in our case, we've got guides and templates and videos and podcasts workshops you name it we've got all those resources there to help people and uh, that i think that's what people need to appreciate and i think the other thing is that it does make a huge difference to their business we see people who start just doing their systems with a strategic workshop and then they change their business model dramatically and they say well i'm going to finish in three months but six months later they're still they're expanding they're changing the business model they come back to us and then there's phase two or phase three so it opens up, what it does is inspires people with a new energy and excitement for their business. I think that's a really big thing. It's, it's like a rebirth. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, just to, just to wrap things up, I just wanted to ask you one, one final question, each of you. If there's one thing that you wish people knew more clearly about your business, what, it, what is it? What is that one thing that you wish people understood better? Uh, we know that if it's done properly, it can transform people's lives. Mm. Uh, and that's both businesses. That's, that's uh, because it's the same process, basically. Um, it, it, that this business of levering, lever, of giving people the growth and the profit to be able to live the life they want and to give them the time because it leverages them out of the day to day, it transforms their lives. We know that. Fantastic. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us. We're going to include contact details for both of you uh, alongside the notes of the podcast, including, uh, Brian, if you just want to mention it, you've got a book that's out that people can download as well. Oh, certainly. It's called How to Franchise My Business Simply, and uh, that's available free from our website. You can pay for it elsewhere. Um, And just go to the website, which is franchisesimply.com.au. So if you just Google that, you'll find it. You'll get a free book. And always happy to have a chat. Um, I suppose to add one quick thing is what people don't realise is that by systemising their business, the investment is self-funding because it increases their return very quickly. Yeah, I think that is a hugely important point. And, and, and I definitely, you know, encourage people to have a chat with both of you. I know we've had several conversations and uh, we could talk for, for hours more, but uh, <laughs> we better leave it there. Thank you so much both of you for joining us on, on BizBytes. And we look forward to everyone having uh, your company again on the next episode. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you so much.